Praise the Lord, everyone. Can you stand with me tonight? Amen. We want to invite the presence of the Holy Ghost into the house. The Lord, we have come here tonight, Lord, to praise and to magnify and to glorify your name. We're so thankful, O oh Lord, that we know that you're going to move in this service tonight. God, you see the hearts and souls and the lives of each and every individual that's here. God, we've come with needs in our life. We've come with expectation in our heart. Lord, that you're going to minister to our hearts and our souls tonight. God, we want to see believers filled with the Holy Ghost in this service. We want those that are bound delivered, oh God. Oh, God, we want the healing fire of the Holy Ghost walking up and down the aisle tonight. Dear Lord, we have come with faith in our heart to leave it though. That you are and you are rewarded in the diligently seeking. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Just worship with us tonight. We're going to praise the Lord.
one more old song here. Hallelujah. And you'll see, you'll know this one.
given to the Lord tonight. Truly the Lord is good. We're thankful for all of His blessings. Amen. The way we do it around here is we ask everybody just to march around the back and come by. I want to greet you tonight. Amen. And shake your hand and let you know we are so glad that you are here. Amen. Let's join together tonight in a prayer of thanksgiving for all of God's blessings. God, we thank you for all of your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for blessing this offering tonight, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for blessing each and every individual that is here, oh God. Lord, just fill their cup up tonight, oh Lord, and give them truth and give them love and mercy and glory in their lives. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Would you march with us tonight? Amen.
sorrow and all the pain of this world will be behind us. Hallelujah. And we'll be walking on streets of gold. Hallelujah. Do you want to go there? Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has
I have a reason to say, I want to shout, I want to run, because he deserves the praise. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, visitors. I hope you feel welcome. We love you. Thank you so much for coming. Lord bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Words of inspiration and truth tonight. Amen. Just real quick, uh, tomorrow night at 5.30, we'll be having our normal Sunday school program. And then our revival services will be starting at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So just a note there. And uh, we're so glad to have Brother Dennis with us tonight from Compassionate Hearts. Would you just stand and say something good for the Lord tonight? Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Well, I'm here to read us Acts chapter two, verses one through four. Right. <laughs> uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Thank God for the word tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, I think I'm ready for some preaching tonight. How about you? Amen. So thankful. Amen. For the dedicated life that Brother Jonathan Akers lives. Yes, amen. Amen. And tonight he is going to come and bring the word of God to you. A young man that loves God and loves truth and lives the life. I want you to know something. There's power in prayer. If you can't grab a hold of anything else, if you can just fall in love with the house of God and come here and pray every time the doors are open, you're going to see a move of God in your life. Amen. And uh, we invite uh, our kids to go to the activity area in the back if they'd like to tonight. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's just pray that God would reach down and anoint our ears tonight. That we would hear the word of the Lord as Brother Jonathan Akers comes. Dear God, and on our ears to hear the word tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. We serve a great God. How about it? Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Give some praise unto God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's great to be in the house of God. 
There's no better time to be in Pentecost than right now. Hallelujah, Brother Stone King preaching at the UN Acts 238. Hallelujah. There's no better time to be a Pentecostal. Hallelujah. I'm excited for the revival God's bringing to Seminole all over the United States, all over the world. Great reports from Brother Alviar over in Brazil. Hallelujah, Brother Matthew Tuttle in the Netherlands. Hey, man, this has been a time for revival. I thank God I'm a part of it. Hallelujah. If you'll uh, turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse number 5. Jeremiah 20 and number 5. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say on me. Don't have much time. You're going to have to hurry up. Jeremiah 20 and verse number 5. Hallelujah. All right. Moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city and all the laborers thereof and all the precious things thereof and all of the treasures of the kings of Judah. I will give unto the land of their enemies which shall spoil them and take them and carry them to Babylon. This morning I want to preach to you on a message that I have entitled... Are you ready for Babylon? Amen. Are you ready for Babylon? If you will pray with me that God will speak into our hearts. God, you are everything powerful and mighty, dear God. Anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, dear God. Every word that comes out of my mouth, I want to be entirely inspired by God. In the name of Jesus, let your Holy Ghost flow over me, dear Jesus. Open every ear to hear what the Spirit would say into the church. By your power and your will and in your way, dear Jesus. With all courage and boldness in the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Hey, Amen. Well, yesterday, preaching, the message came to me rather easily. I prayed, and God just let everything fall into place, and uh, the message was great. The service was awesome. But today's message, I can't say the same. This is a message that I've been praying about, and fasting about and seeking God about and it just it just wasn't coming and I was praying and seeking God's face and uh, finally God began to speak into my heart and I kept questioning over and over and over again God is this the message you want me to preach because every little step I was questioning God because I, I, I was struggling and uh, God kind of gave me a, a, a little uh, faith booster as hard as the devil was fighting, I know this is a message from God. Hallelujah. So if you'll open your ears and get behind me this evening, I have a word from the Lord for you. And God's going to bless you mightily. We're going to have a Holy Ghost out point all over this United States and all over this world. Hallelujah. And you can be a part of it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to uh, read over Jeremiah again, but uh, I would like for you to turn to Daniel chapter 1, verse number 3. So you'll have it when I get there. For the sake of time. While you're turning there. Moreover I will deliver the strength of this city. And all the laborers thereof. And all the precious things thereof. And of all the treasures of the kings of Judah. Will I give into uh, give the hand of their enemies. Which shall spoil them. And take them. And carry them to Babylon. So first of all. The message I'm about to preach unto you. Is one of dedication. One of living for God with all of your heart. And I'm going to explain to you some of the things that are going to help you along the way. And explain why a lot of the things that happen, happen. Verse number 3 in Daniel chapter 1. 
And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, and he should, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed, excuse me, <clears throat> and the princes, verse number four, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and in cunning and knowledge and understanding of science, and such as had ability them to stand in the king's palace in whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. Verse number five. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Okay. So first of all, I want to point out something here. You have the king and he has a plan to get these young men of Israel and of Judah so they can come in and he can change them into Babylonian staple points. Notice he said, I want the good looking young men. I want the ones that are very uh, very knowledgeable, ones of wisdom, ones that have charisma, ones that when people see them, that's that's the face of Babylon. They wanted some ones that, that had something in them that could be potential so when the people of Babylon saw them, they would say how great our country is. All right. And so he said, bring them in and I'm going to turn them into Babylonians. But he had one thing he had to get past first, their faith. So what did he do? He said, I want you to bring them in and I'm going to set up a table. The most beautiful table you've ever seen in a, in a room and I'm going to put upholstery all over the room and I'm going to make it the most beautiful place they've ever seen. And I'm going to stack plates of food as high as you have ever seen before. Foods they have never seen before in their lives. And this is going to be something that is going to be so appealing and it's going to be great and it's going to be wonderful. So they begin to bring the young men in and the young women in and they begin to sit them at this table. And so, those of you that are... Uh, Verse in the word of God somewhat will know that the Israelites were not allowed to eat but specific things. There were certain things that they were not allowed to eat. They were not allowed to eat. They were not allowed to eat pig. They were not allowed to eat anything that uh, ate up off the bottom of the sea. Uh, so catfish or anything like that. And so he brought them in and said, what we're going to do is we're going to desensitize them. We are going to put them before this table day after day after day with all of this food for three years. And at the end of three years, we're going to bring it before me, and I'm going to be able to tell which ones have cracked and which ones are still living for their God. Yep. Oh, my. Come on. So he brings them before the table. And I'm sorry if you're hungry. I'm just going to make you a whole lot more hungry. <laughs> so he brings them before the table and begins to sit them down at the table. And so they were only allowed to eat several, a couple of things. And so they began to pass the food down the table. And so here comes, okay, some bread. I can have some bread. And here comes some more. I can have some lamb. I can have some, I can have some beef. And, and so the food begins to move along. But day after day, he begins to add more and more things that they, that they cannot have, making them look better and better. And the quality of the food they cannot eat gets, begins to go down. And so that the, the, the lamb is, is just burnt. And, they, and, and so here comes some food. And, and so they're looking, man, uh, okay, that doesn't look too good. And they keep passing it down. And so eventually they come to the filet mignon. Oh, I can have this. And they see that it's wrapped in bacon. Right. And those of you that uh, are bacon lovers, I love bacon. I can't have it, but I love it. Amen. So they're here. Well, I, I, I can have it. There's only a little bit of bacon. Just a little bit. All right. So he's getting them to the point. Yep. Compromise just a little bit. Yep. Come on. Yep. So they pick it up and they begin to eat. And wow, this bacon is delicious. Yeah. Why would something so good 
be prohibited for us to eat. All right. And the people that are eating it, they look healthy. They look fine. And so the next day and the next day and the next day. And so the ones that are, that are faithful, they're, they're continuing to eat the things they can't eat. And finally, this, he says, okay, we're getting very close. Thank you. We're getting very close to the end of the three-year period. I want you to take all of the food they can eat out except for maybe some oatmeal and make it the driest, most unappealing oatmeal that you can possibly can. Yep. And so they set it out before and here it comes and, and they look at that oatmeal and they look over there at the catfish that's been fried just right. They look over there at the pork chops that has, been, has gravy flowing all over it. Now look at that oatmeal and, well, I've compromised a couple of times. It won't hurt to do it just a little bit more. A little bit of compromise and now they are eating from the king's table. Oh God. But there was four young men that loved God and knew that in order to live for God, you have to do it right. Verse number six. Daniel 1, verse number 6. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse number 7. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, unto Hananiah the name of Shadrach, unto Mishael the name of Meshach, unto the name of Azariah Abednego. Verse number 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with, with the wine which... He drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel unto favor with tender love in the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink for which I should see your face was lacking and the children which of your liking that in the children of your sort. Then they shall you shall endanger my head of the king. Verse number 11. Then said Daniel to Melzar whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse number 12. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. Verse number 14. So he consented into them in this matter and prove them ten days. At the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than of the children that did eat of the portion of the king's meat. Okay, so we have Daniel said, he didn't sit at the table and say, I'm just going to eat the good stuff that comes by. But Daniel said, no, I am not going to eat. And beyond that, I'm not going to sit at the king's table. He was in Babylon. He was in the place where that he saw all the young men around him compromising. And he knew that they were sitting at the king's table. And, and an honor to most people. They were sitting at the, at the, at the table of honor with the, with the king's approval. And he saw them all coming out of there. And, and they looked so happy. But he said, I'm not even going to go and sit at the king's table. I will not defile myself. I will not go around those people that are smoking and that are drinking. I will not defile myself. I will not put myself in the position to be compromised. I will not put myself in a position so that I will be tempted just a little bit. I'm not going to put 
myself in the position so that when someone comes up and they offer me something, I'm not going to put myself in a position. I'm not going to sit at the altar of Hollywood. I'm not going to sit myself in front of something that is just going to have me put into a position where I'm tempted to compromise. Amen. All right. He purposed in his heart, I'm not going to get myself in the position to compromise. Mind you, he was still living in the world. Mind you that we are in the world, but we are separate from the world. He said, I may be in the world, but I'm not going to go to and do the things that the world does. I'm not going to go to the entertainment venues. I'm not going to go do the, th the things that the world says are good. I'm not going to be socially acceptable. All right. For a lot of you, that's a hard thing for you to do. I have to be, you have to be socially acceptable. But well, let me tell you something. When you're living for God, you'll never be socially acceptable. For us, we believe a man should dress like a man, a woman like a woman, and that when they are married, they are to marry, as the Bible says. Amen. Right, amen. Hallelujah. In our day and age and in our world, that's not socially acceptable. Amen. Oh God. Oh God. If you're going to live for God, you've got to do it for God. Because if you're, if you're going to go after it, you're going to be swayed by the king's table. You're going to be sitting there, and you're relying on your own self. You're saying, well, it, it, I, I can compromise just a little bit. Amen. Come on. I, I, I can eat just a little bit, and it won't make a difference. I, I, I can go and hang out with, with my old friends for just a little bit, and it'll be okay. I can watch just a little bit of television and get away with it. I can do just a little bit of a... I can smoke just a little bit of that cigarette. I, I can just hang out for a little bit. I can do just a little bit of drugs and get away with it. Let me tell you something. Compromise is a mother of failure. And when you begin to compromise just a little bit, it will destroy you. That's right. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. And so we see King. So we see Daniel. And he says, I, I, I put it to you. I want you to put me next to my brethren that have eaten of the king's table. And I want you to see which one is faring better. You have those so that we can live for God and still play in the world a little bit. But when you put them side by side, who is having revival? Who is having victory? Who is having people healed and miracles done? All right. Who is being able to stand up and say, I love Jesus? And I'm making it. And my brother over here and my sister over here are being held up with prayer. And we are having revival. Who's able to stand up and say, hey, I'm living a holy and righteous lifestyle. Come on. And it's never been better. But those that verge on the edge of compromise begin to see holiness as something that is, that's just, that's way out there. That's fanatical. Come on. Well, you've got to be fanatical if you're going to live for God. So they say, hey, that's, that's way out there. You know, I, 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 don't, see, I don't see any harm. Come on. But then again, are they having victory? Are they, are they able to come up to the altar and begin to praise God and raise their hands and begin to speak in tongues and shout and get a hold of God and get a blessing? Come on. Because God does not honor someone that is not living for him with all of their heart. That's right. So how is it that living in Babylon, you stay away from the king's table? How is it that you're able to say, God, I'm not going to defile myself or you by sitting at the king's table. 
Well, Daniel gave us the answer. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into the house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. All right. How was it that Daniel was able to stand around watching all of his comrades, watching all the people that were so-called friends go out and do things and compromise and still stand his ground and say, I'm not going to defile myself or my God. I'm not going to go and sit before the idol of Hollywood. I'm not going to go and sit behind the idol of sports. But I'm going to stand my ground and keep myself in the word of God and make it to church every opportunity I get and get up to the altar and pray through every task I get and get up there and praise and worship God and get my blessing. All right. Because he was consistent. Amen. Because each and every day, he said, I am making an appointment today to break through my troubles, to break through my problems, to get a hold of God. If somebody can get a hold of consistency, every single day you read your Bible, every single day you get through to the Holy Ghost, every single day you pull at an altar at your home and say, God, today I'm going to live for you no matter what it takes. Hallelujah, and that's how you break through. That's how you have power. That's how you see miracles done. Amen. Hallelujah. What was the situation we see Daniel in? Most of you that know the story of Daniel and the lions didn't know the story. But I'll give you a little bit of background anyway. So here comes some of the wise men of the day. And they were jealous of Daniel because he was favored by the king. So they came to the king and began to play on his ego just a little bit. And said, King, you're the only one in all of the land that is worthy to be praised. So make an edict that if anyone praises anyone but you, they will be thrown into the lion's den. And so King Darius, he looked at it and he's like, sounds like a good idea to me. So he puts it down and Daniel, he reads the edict and says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right. There's going to be trials and this is one of my trials that I'm fighting. This is one of the one of the fights I'm going through. I'm down I, and this is discouraging. I'm being fought by every demon of hell. But I know the place I find victory is at an apostolic altar. So he finds his way to his room and he kneels down and says, God, it's time for me to get through. Time it's the God, it's time for me to get a hold of God. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's going on, but I need victory right now because the demons of hell are swarming around my head. They want my life. They want me to stop worshiping you. They want me to sit at the king's table. And I'm not going to do it. Hallelujah. He stood up again to worship and again to praise. And he didn't care who heard him. Let me tell you something. He wasn't afraid of the king. He began to worship. He began to jump. He began to praise. He said, I want the devil to hear me. I want all of those little minions to hear me. Hallelujah. So here comes. And they're hearing him. And they're jumping up and down and screaming and praising God. Just like a true apostolic. So they go to the king and said, oh, king, guess what Daniel's doing? He's praising his God and making a ruckus. And the king was one of those guys that, I'm going to use my imagination a little bit to here prove a point. 
He's one of those guys that he, he, he loved God. And he believed in Daniel's God. And, and, and he believed in it. And he was okay with it. And now he's, he's like, well, I, I don't know. Dan, Daniel's an okay guy. We'll, we'll give him another chance. But they said, no, you wrote it down. This is something that's a law that's needed. And so because it was not socially acceptable because it was not popular because it wasn't the the, the idea of the day or the age he said well I, I'm sorry Daniel but but this is just this is you're too fanatical for your own good you you, you pray too much you, you're too fanatical you love God too much I can't do anything for you so he throws him into the lion's den with a frown on his face and he says oh God hallelujah help this man but there's nothing I can do because it's not socially acceptable but guess what Daniel had been consistent every single day he found a place of prayer every single day he had worshipped God every single day he had got into the word of God and read his bible and said God if this is my time don't let it be but God I'm going here with faith hallelujah I believe with all of my heart as they carried him to that lion's den he was saying bless the Lord oh my soul bless the Lord oh my soul hallelujah as he threw in he got among those lions and said praise the Lord hallelujah the mouths were shut hallelujah that night he had a pillow of a lion that night he wasn't cold the lions were there as his blanket hallelujah let me tell you something God provided for him because he had all of those prayers backing him up he had all that time of consistency backing him up hallelujah in his greatest time of adversity came his greatest miracle hallelujah and why did it happen because he had filled up his bank with all of those prayers hallelujah Cornelius when he was praying, the Bible said his prayers had come up as a memorial before God. Right. Let me tell you something. Every time you kneel and you begin to pray, every time you begin to walk and pray, every time you begin to worship God, you are building up some bricks in your bank. You're building up some of that. So when God, hallelujah, when you go forth and you say, God, I need a miracle right now. Hallelujah, my child's sick. Hallelujah, let me tell you something. When I was laying dead on that floor, what did they have to call back on? On their prayers. Hallelujah, and guess what happened? When they began to pray and speak in tongues, they had money in the bank and their check didn't bounce. I came back to life. That is the power of prayer. That's the power, hallelujah, of consistency. Day and day and day and day and day. I will not compromise even a little bit. Hallelujah. To those of you that have not been to an apostolic church, I'm going to give you shortly and briefly what it takes to make it to heaven. If you have your Bibles, Come on. turn to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. A lot of people say, well, this doesn't apply because Jesus didn't say it. I have news for you. Jesus was the ultimate example of this verse. 
Hallelujah. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Repentance is dying out to the old sin. It's that, it's that conviction saying, I'm not going to sit at the king's table. I'm kicking this sin out of my life, and I'm not going back to it. It's an inward change of heart, an outward change of direction. God, I'm not going to do it. God, I'm not going to do it. God, I am sorry for everything I've done, and I'm going to change. That is repentance, and that is dying out to your old man. Yes, amen. But if you leave an old man laying out dead, maggots begin to come and it begins to stink and it causes a big problem. All right. So it needs to be buried. Hallelujah. That's baptism. Hallelujah. What you're doing is you are burying forever that old man. All of the sins you've ever committed are forgotten by God as far as the east is from the west. And this is important. If you don't go down in the name of Jesus, his name is not applied. Furthermore, his blood is not washed over you. It's his blood that washes away all of your sins. So you've got to go down in the name of Jesus in order for your sins to be washed away. And you come up a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And you are forgiven of everything. Now you're a new creature, but you're not complete because it's the death, the peril, and the resurrection of your new man. Hallelujah. And that is the Holy Ghost, Amen. which is God's spirit dwelling inside of you. Hallelujah. As he read earlier, Acts chapter 2, when they began to speak with other tongues was the evidence of them receiving the Holy Ghost. So when you, hallelujah, you repented, hallelujah. Amen. And you have said it in your heart to be baptized in Jesus' name. Or you've already been baptized in Jesus' name. And you come up to an altar and say, God, I love you. Hallelujah. Which is one of the highest praises you can give. Glory to God in the highest forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to praise God and worship. God, I want the Holy Ghost. God, I want a blessing. God, I want a breakthrough and have that power. God, I want your spirit dwelling inside of me. And you begin to speak in another tongue. You never learned before. That is the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Amen. The name of Jesus is important. I'm going to go over this very briefly and very quickly. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye for therefore teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. First of all, name is singular. Of is a preposition, and name is the object of the preposition. Therefore, when you say the name of the Father... What's the name of the Father? Jesus. It's Jesus. If you, need, if you want scriptures backing it up, come to me after service. I'll give them to you for the sake of time. I can't do it right now. In the name of the Son. What's the name of the Son? Jesus. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Jesus. All of these three are one. And so when you baptize, you, you baptize in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost. And that name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Furthermore, there is not a council in heaven made up of three persons. Hallelujah. It's not a council. You do not have three separate beings that make up one God. That would be a council. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not one council. Not three beings making up one council. It is one God. Hallelujah. Wish I had time to go over it some more. Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. Hallelujah. So the whole purpose behind my message is what are you going to do in Babylon? Are you going to sit before the king's table? 
Are you going to compromise? Are you going to put yourself in the position to make a big mistake? Are you going to say, God, I'm going to live for you with all of my heart. I'm going to pray every time I get a chance. I'm going to get in the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go into the worldly sources of entertainment. But God, I'm going to stay in this word. I'm going to fellowship with the right kind of people. I'm going to go into the church every chance I've got. I'm going to hang out with the right people and have some games. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with godly fellowship. In fact... Hallelujah, that should be your that should be your playtime. That should be the time you have fun. Amen. Hang out with the godly people and play games and have fun Amen. in a godly way. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, I can't go there. Anyway. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did not eat nothing. And when he ended. He afterward hungered. All right. Hallelujah. Why did I bring this, this verse into play? Because when you're out there in Babylon, you're going to be attacked. Yep. Yeah. Yes, amen. You're going to be under some severe tribulation and, and there's going to be some devils that are going to be beating on you and trying to mess you up and begin to tempt you. But Jesus is our ultimate example. And what did he do to prepare for Babylon. What did he do to prepare to go out and preach the gospel into the world full of sin? What did he do to prepare for his trials and tribulations? What did he do in order to prepare for what he was going to do in his ministry? He was full of the Holy Ghost. All right. Hallelujah. He went and he had fasted 40 days, which is a part of being full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the truth. Hallelujah. And, and, and this is something I want to uh, go over real quick. Some of you that have problems fasting have problems fasting. I heard of something Brother Stone King mentioned a Jews fast, which is basically from 9 o'clock at night through the night to the 9 o'clock the next night. So you get to eat a meal, have food on your stomach at night, and then you're able to say, I, I can make it until lunch, and I can eat when, I when dinner comes. Hallelujah. So if you have a problem fasting, do a Jews fast. Hallelujah. Fast. If you fast one day a year, you are fasting seven weeks in succession. Hallelujah. Seven weeks of fasting built up in your bank, you're full of the Holy Ghost. If you pray every day, hey, do it like Daniel did three times a day, as much as you possibly can. If you pray, you've got the bank full. And so when you have a problem or you have a crisis or you just want to get a hold of the Holy Ghost, all you have to do is tap into that bank and say, God, I need to get through right now. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm closing. Praise the Lord. I'm fixing to open up these altars. But I urge you, if you have not received the Holy Ghost yet, I urge you to come up here and try to receive it. Of course, you're going to have to repent first. And that means you're going to have to an inward change of heart. And you're going to your daily life and you're going to have to change your direction. Amen. Purpose in your heart, you're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. As soon as you possibly can. Hallelujah. But there's something I haven't talked about yet. And I'm ending on this. The Holy Ghost doesn't only empower you to overcome, but it allows you to keep a smile on your face. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Hallelujah. When you are when you're battling and you're having that temptation and you're going through that, the people in the world wonder why you can have a bad day and still have a smile on your face and say, God is so good. Let me tell you why. Because you have that bank and you can remember that blessing. You can remember that prayer meeting. You can remember coming to church, getting up here and saying, God, I'm going to get through to my blessing. Hallelujah. So you begin to jump and you begin to shout and you begin to speak in tongues. That is why you're able to smile. That's why how you get your, your witness out. It says that the Holy Ghost is to empower you to be a witness in all the world. Why? Because you can put a smile on your face and you say, God, God is so good even when the trials are hard. Hallelujah. So these altars are open. If you want to get a hold of that joy, if you want to be able to be empowered, if you want to be able to go before God and say, God, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been seeking you, God, and I want the Holy Ghost. I need deliverance. Hallelujah. I need a Holy Ghost in, incoming in my life so that I can overcome. Hallelujah. These altars are open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
that's it, just raise your hands and praise the Lord. Tell him how great he is. Hallelujah, love him just a little bit. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, you're everything to me, God. I praise you, I worship you. Oh, Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, he's there in just a whisper. He 